0: Welcome to the Flip Flops Podcast. I'm Angelique Gay, and this is a series called 40% Facts. We are four women who talk about the creative process and our emotional roadblocks. It gets vulnerable, it's funny, it's honest, and I really hope you enjoy it. Hello, no. girl! oh
1: my god we're
2: all together so i wish fun. i could
1: see your faces
2: mm. no too. not right now i think i have like raccoon eyes with mascara everywhere
1: i love you with raccoon yes. eyes i
2: know <laughs> there should only be raccoon
0: eyes <laughs> Emily wanted to be reminded of what we're talking about today so i saw it like this let me know what you think i want to talk about bravery hangovers and shame spirals that come with that i want to do a creativity check-in I want to talk about patience and refilling the cup. And if there's time, magic. Okay.
3: All right. Just a few light subjects.
0: Yeah, nothing much. (laughs) Nothing much. Yeah, exactly. There's a light Monday chat. Yeah, really light, (laughs) uh, easygoing. You know, you don't have to dig deep for this. It's all top of mind stuff. Sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll just take it slow. I mean, I always have more topics than we end up getting to because we always get sidetracked onto something even more interesting. So, yeah, let's see what happens all right let's sounds see. good yeah um so how was catching up in bc you two with your little shoulder dance so so cute yeah <laughs> it, was it was so, so fun nice. i yeah, was very so upset that you had champagne at holt renfrew without me you were at holt's right yes yes but- and that was, I was just very jealous Yeah.
3: That was a surprise champagne. We were like, <laughs> we, we asked the people, we were like, where can we go for a coffee around here? And then they were like, well, there's a place inside here. And so we're like, okay. So then we were ordering coffee and then I saw the people next to us had a, had like a gorgeous glass of champagne. I was like, I will buy you champagne too, but you have to drink it. Like, uh, <laughs> oh, well, I was
0: like, oh, so tapped into I six. will. Yeah, I exactly. Know, but- yeah.
2: <laughs> like, two. if you
0: insist, okay.
2: <laughs> but that one glass of champagne got me so drunk that I almost missed my bus to my ferry to get home on the island. So oh my God. It was a little funny.
1: Did you guys do an overnight together, or was it just the day?
3: No, just the day. Okay. Yeah. The, did the you was Pretty nuts in BC. We so, yeah, climate yeah, change shopped. is real, guys. Yeah, it's real, real, real nuts out there. Oh yeah, we did a bit shopping. We ate uh, at Earls, which is like so 1995 for me, and then uh, <laughs> like
2: totally. Yeah,
3: it was fun though. It was a lot of fun. Gosh, yeah
2: and how's yeah, baby so Emily I seen.
3: Over?
1: um a baby was a baby is great she's you know like she's so cute and she's growing <laughs> so fast and she's um yeah she's just she's amazing she's napping right now and i got mm-hmm. a decent night's sleep so wow i feel really <gasps> thankful for that because it's been really bad so i, I feel well rested which wow, is something. Nice. amazing yeah
3: yay yay that's so, great she's Emily, so beautiful I'm happy to hear it
1: She's so cute. I oh deserve my God, it. I want to hold her all of the time. <laughs> <She's>... <laughs> and she like can go in a high chair now and stuff. I don't know. She does all these like fun stuff and I just want oh, her to freeze in time. I don't yeah. want her to go too fast. Too fast. You know? I haven't
2: yeah. come for a visit yet. Tell her I to know. slow down. I know. <laughs>
3: i'm still I, emily and i'm still smug that i got to hold her and you're like she won't <gasps> sleep she doesn't sleep and then <laughs> and then she fell asleep and you're like fuck <laughs>
1: oh uh, yeah she probably like woke up in the middle of the drive home and like s- like screamed her head off started screaming
3: yeah. yeah i'm sure I'm yeah sure. but you know what i got to have baby snuggles so. yes oh you my did. god i'm yeah. so jealous yeah oh she was adorable <sighs> and emily how was your um bonfire thing was it good
1: oh it was amazing yeah. it was really yeah it was really amazing it was um Scott was in town um, because he's doing a memorial for Noemi and so he came which was a surprise and it was just so so nice nice. and uh, we had like crazy weather and but it was just nice you know it was yeah it was really perfect and yeah it was it was really necessary in the end I realized how necessary it was and then I woke up the next day just feeling like happy you know for the first time in a while Uh, so it was really really refreshing yeah
0: Oh, yeah, so awesome. happy to hear that. Yeah, me too. Really nice. That's amazing. All right. So all I right. wanted to talk about bravery hangovers. And basically, where it's coming from, for me is I want to know how you guys, first of all, do you know what I'm talking about, where you kind of reach outside your comfort zone and then don't necessarily get the results that you want. And then you start blaming yourself for it. And I'm just wondering how you, first of all, do you experience that? And how do you get yourself out of it? I don't know
3: what, I don't, can you give me an example of what that is in your life? Actually? Yeah, for because, sure.
0: Like, so yeah. with the with the podcast, I'm constantly reaching out to people to be a guest. And a lot of those people are strangers who are much bigger personalities than in my circle and sometimes famous, sometimes just lots of Instagram followers. Sometimes I hear back and sometimes I don't. And sometimes it just makes me feel foolish. And then I go into the whole, like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. And But what keeps me going personally is that sometimes they do answer and it does work. So I just keep going. But I think there's that whole... For me, it ends up getting into like needing to define success for yourself and kind of continually giving myself permission to do crazy things. And sometimes it just it takes a day to get over it. And sometimes I just need rest. Sometimes I just need to like pump myself back up. Or sometimes it's just that someone answers and I'm excited again and then it feels good again. But I would love for it to not be someone else who decides whether or not I feel good about what I'm doing. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, for sure. So, and that's where the permission comes in and that's where the, like continually refueling the bravery comes in. So yeah, that would be an example for me. I have lots of other examples, but that's that's a main one that's really relevant to <laughs> this space. Well, I, I actually some... think I
2: just experienced that in Paris, actually, with how many other street style photographers were out there this year. Like for the first time, it felt like there were more photographers than actual people there to I be know. photographed. And- I was like, is this special anymore? Is this interesting anymore? Does this even is this even relevant? And then I guess when I got home, and I was organizing my photos, I had to take a break, I had to just put them away for a while. And I haven't gone back yet. And I'm giving myself some space to say, what am I doing? What am I doing with this? And where will it go? And is, is there just too many people now doing this that there's no absolute need for it. Mm. And so that for me think...
0: becomes the mm-hmm. question of, um, sorry, Annabelle, becomes the question no, of okay. like, of asking ourselves, like, why are we doing this? Like, I find like it's always going back to the beginning of, am I doing this because of X reason or am I doing it just because I can't not do it? Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I that's... think that's a really important question. Emily, I think you were going to say something, so I don't want to. Uh... Sorry.
1: Oh, no, yeah. yeah. I was going to say that I think that. I've had a similar experience with that. And and for me, it was, I think, whenever you grow outside of what you are normally feeling comfortable, I think it's normal for it to feel raw afterwards. And for you to question mm. it, it's kind of like, when a snake outgrows its skin, the new skin that shows up underneath is is very raw and very fragile, because it's not calloused, it's never been used before. So I think that that's just a normal sign of going beyond your limits of what it is that you're comfortable. But I think it's mm. asking yourself, like, hey, what are the stories that I'm telling myself around this, and are those actually true? So I remember after the show that I had in 2019, I felt really sheepish for, like, a week after that. And I felt like I had gone too big, and I had... It was just too much, you know, and I was Mm -hmm. and that that fit really well into my narrative of what it is that I believe about myself. Like, am I too much? You know what? What are the stories that we're telling ourselves around? And so for Suzanne, it sounds like, is this relevant? Is what I'm doing important enough? But I think it comes back to also, do you enjoy the part of it that you're actually doing without asking yourself those questions? Like, do you love taking those pictures? Do you love sorting through the pictures? Like, what is the actual thing that you love doing? And is that more important than how you feel after you've kind of stretched beyond that natural and comfortable spot?
2: Um, I have to say, yeah, I mean, if I am being honest with myself, there's never been an end game for where those photos go. And it's always been the moment and the time, and I think that part of my questioning comes down to the frivolity of it and with everything going on in the world like sometimes I feel like why are we doing these other things we should all be like out naked protesting in the street (laughs) no I think I think it just felt frivolous and I think art still has a purpose and so right now I'm working through what I'm going to try to do with those photos and I think I've come to the realization that I would like to write a newsletter and post the photos there so I think that's going to be my next step. Woohoo! Okay. That's amazing. That's awesome, Sue. I'm excited. Do you have a name for it? Um, right now it's just the fashion newsletter, but I think I can get more creative than that. <laughs> I'm okay. Not excited yet? I have to think about what my intention will be entirely. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. A newsletter is basically the fancy new way of saying a blog, but it's going to be in Substack, which is pretty like fun, and it mm-hmm. won't be monthly. It might be like yearly. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. But see, Sue,
1: I love that you like you took all that time to really get kind of like quiet with yourself and say like, hey, what is the intention behind this? Like, do I want to participate to the noise? Like, and I think that that's just part of the process. And I think that it's great that you want to release it that way. And I'm and we'll all be so thrilled to see those photos, you know, yeah. regardless of what's going on in the world. But I do appreciate that that's always at the forefront of your your intention with things, you know, I think that that's a real testament to where you're and of beliefs are right now. And I think that that's really great.
3: Thank you. Yeah. So you always seem to be sort of with rescued and all that stuff. It's always been a part of your ethos. and I think it's interesting to see the evolution of that and, and where it's going. I think it's really considerate that you are the, all of the things that you're really passionate about and care about are being filtered through the doing of whatever it is that you are doing. And I, it's always interesting to me, whatever you put out there, as I said to you in BC, I was like, you know, you have actively changed the way that I purchase things. And that's just based on your example, and your passion about it. So even if it's just one person or two people or three people, that's still a significant amount of influence. You never know where things are going to land and what those things mean for other people. And maybe it's not on a global scale, but it's on a piece by piece scale, like in our communities, these connections Mm -hmm. are really important. And sometimes we we can kind of look at it being like, well, is this having any impact? And I would say, yes, it's always having some level of impact, but it's important to assess it. I just don't know that sometimes we're thinking too big and, Mm -hmm. and, and really like those smaller interactions are just as meaningful as they are on the bigger, more global sort of thinking that we sometimes can feel overwhelmed by like, how am I? Ever going to make any kind of change because there's so many billion people, and like, wh- what do I matter? You know, all of those questions are, I think, very human. But I certainly find my own piece in like what Emeline was saying, which is the process of something, right? So, like, I might be doing weddings and portraits. I do really feel like there's a value there for people and their own personal histories, which I take very seriously. And I love it. I may not be the best wedding photographer, but I know that this is what I love doing because I love being at the weddings. I love the challenges technically. I love the light that comes in, the creative sort of like spontaneity of everything. There's a real sort of, it hits all of those things that I constantly crave. So for me, the process is really hitting the fulfillment markers. And even though I could be terrified, Angelique, which is, I think, what we were talking about before with the bravery
2: hangover. I just No, I feel like that. you are actually an adrenaline junkie because weddings are so intense that that might be it. You're probably going to go skydiving next. But first, let's no stick way, with man. wedding photography. No,
3: <laughs> I will only do a wedding in the sky. I won't do it on my own. <laughs> no, oh, my God. Can you imagine? <laughs>
2: no.
1: Oh,
3: my God. I would never do that. <laughs>
1: Annabelle, you raised such a wonderful point there about that impact that we're all kind of striving to have and how I think this kind of like artificial reach that we have, and I just call it artificial because it happens not in our like grounded everyday life, right? It happens on these platforms, it's controlled by algorithms, like it's actually not real you know and yeah. that has really skewed our expectations of ourselves So uh, that we now yeah. view the impact that we have in our everyday life in our everyday community. So the people that we actually engage with like our nuclear families our neighbors you know like our friends yep. as unimportant and I think that that's really dangerous because we're focused on will this person answer this email and be on my podcast and we lose the sight of like What is the message that I'm giving to my daughter? And she's watching me do this. And it is so vitally important for them to see what it is that we're doing. And I think that that impact is just not considered enough. And I think we need to place a lot more intention in in how we interact in our quote unquote, real lives uh, and realize that it is just as important as how we interact in these altered reality interactions that we have, which are equally important. But I think that they're skewed right now in terms of where we're placing our attention.
3: Yeah, I think just case in point this morning, I got a message from a mom, my son, Tommy goes to uh, improv and I take her son and another friend's son on Mondays. And they have a performance today. And he was super freaking out about it. it. Her son was freaking out about it. And so I had a chat with him on Saturday. And then she wrote to me this morning, she goes, I don't know what you said to him, but he was freaking out again about the show today. And then I I asked him, like, Well, what did you talk about with Annabelle? And then he was like, Oh yeah. And then he just like calmed down and is excited about doing the show. And she was like, You are magic. That's what she wrote to me this morning. And I was like, you know what? That Even if I fuck up the rest of today, I know I did something right like a day ago. What did you say to him, Annabelle? I just talked to him about my own experience, about being scared. He has anxiety just like I do. And, you know, we talked a lot about that. And like, what's the worst that can happen? Like talking about walking through the process of failure and sort of the beauty of what can happen even inside failure. And the worst that we envision is probably not going to happen. And then really commiserating with him about anxiety because I have it in spades. So that's it. Um, it's just, that's really, incredible. It just It's just like, it's just that it's those small things, like just being able to do those small things for another person. And each of you have done those things for me, I know. And that feels more important sometimes than on a a
0: global level, Mm. you know? Yeah. I love that. And I love what you said, Emmeline, about the stories we tell ourselves. Because there's old stories in our brain that Mm. come up whenever we feel vulnerable how do you all reshape your stories? Because I think that's what it is. I think that's what the shame spiral is connecting my here and now adult brain with what I believed as a child when you don't fully understand what's going on around you. I'm just wondering how you bridge those two stories. How do you bring yourself up to the here and now and like remind yourself of of what's real?
3: So I would say that it's like a three pronged approach for me. One is therapy. Uh, two, I started taking a prescription medication and that has been a game changer for me because the shame spirals are real. They're really debilitating and distracting and can feel really like I can't get anything else done because the shame feels so bad. And the prescription has really helped lower the volume of bit. You know what I mean? Like it's just not as huge. It's still there, but it's not, it doesn't last all day anymore. And then the other part is just understanding that this is the cycle, you know, like Mm, there is a cycle and recognizing that, okay, I've been here so many times. I know that this will pass too. And that I don't want to live in a sort of stagnant space. And so obviously if you're pushing all of the time against that, you are going to come across moments where you're failing. And improv is also a big part. Of that too it's just it's like a muscle that's being flexed just continuing to push because pushing those things can really get you into new interesting spaces but sometimes you're not going to do very well and that's okay it's literally okay because the other option is to stay the same and that to me feels scarier i love it
0: does anyone else want to add anything to this
1: topic sure I use a lot of writing I will write down what the stories are that I believe and then I'll try to disprove them so I have a kind of process that I use about Mm. Katie Byron I think it's called the four truths and so it's just a question of asking yourself if that statement is true and then it's asking yourself well what would it mean if it was true what then would happen So kind of like what Annabelle was saying, like, well, what happens if you fail, you know, and kind of really working out that process Uh, and then really kind of sitting with the truth, which is that everything is always changing. Nothing is permanent. And so the feelings that I'm having will change. I often have fear around what other people have perceived me as and that Mm -hmm. that will change also. And so holding on to those is just it's not very it's not a useful way for me to use my very little energy and time and so Mm -hmm. some days that feels a lot easier and then some days that feels impossible and so on those days where that feels impossible I kind of just have to let it wash over me and just trust that it won't be there again tomorrow and I have to say that recently with the grief of the loss of my father and and that has been a lesson that I've been really learning that there's waves of and there's acceptance and that there's also this grace that i have to recognize that that there is a, a multitude of experiences happening at the same time and that i have to have grace for them both for myself and for others and so it's a contemplative practice for me of sitting with my feelings and with my thoughts and watching them and not attaching to them as much but it's it's a lot of work
0: You raise a really good point, too, that I just want to add sometimes when and I'll keep using the same example, when I do reach out to people, let's say I don't hear back, you know, the shame spiral starts with what I think about myself. And then the minute that I say, well, wait a minute, maybe something just happened in their life. Maybe they're just not on the phone right now. Like there's so many other possibilities of what could be going on. And so often when I forget about myself and just say, you know what, this could happen in the future. This could be, there could just be other things going on. That's usually what gets me out of it as well, is just reminding myself to get out of my own view of the world just being in my own head right yeah Yeah. that's a really good point is just like forgetting about yourself for a while and saying this could literally have absolutely nothing to do with me and probably doesn't angelique that's so hard
3: to get out of i mean i've struggled for years with that and like really and truly there is a horrible feeling to feel like i would always walk away from any social interaction i mean like this goes back to like meeting you all of you in different ways uh, Emmeline, I would like leave River's Edge and, and Emmeline would be like coming out, uh, and I'd be like, She doesn't want to walk with me. So I'd start walking away. And then Emmeline would be like, Hey, why don't you walk with me? And I'm like, Okay, sure. Oh. All right, if
0: you want. Uh, like,
3: but like the story in my head is like, No one wants to be around me at all. Right. Like it is
0: oh my God. a constant
3: story that I tell myself. And I, you know, I now try and confront it like I had. Like a drink with a friend, and I was like, "Oh, I thought for five years that you hated me," and they were like, "Wait, what?" I'm like, "Yeah, I avoided you actively because I just assumed you hated me." <laughs>
0: like, oh my it's god! Just, um,
3: but it's a self it's a self fulfilling prophecy. If you act that way, right. you kind of let limit yourself to not like it's just like it's a limiting thing where if I assume that that person dislikes me, then I don't put myself on the line at all because I'm afraid of rejection and abandonment. So Mm -hmm. then that person has no idea that I'm interested in hanging out with them. So then they don't actively pursue anything with me either and then i it just confirms what i think that they think about me and then i don't get to have a relationship with that person right so it's like coming up against it all of the time and like what's the worst that can happen if i go up to them and i'm like hey do you want to have a coffee and they're like no fuck you i don't like oh excuse <laughs> has me has that ever happened
0: happen?
3: <laughs> <laughs> no but like it's just one of those things where, where we like, tell ourselves that- i know yes yes it's so, st- it's so stupid, but it's... Well, um, but but it's, it's not.
1: It's, it's not, not stupid. stupid. Yeah, I have to you say, like, Annabelle... Coke. I know. <laughs> I have to say, Annabelle, like, that is how we all developed our coping mechanisms as children. And that was the coping mechanism that kept you safe for a very, very long time for reasons X, Y, and Z, you know, and that you have to acknowledge that about yourself. And I think that it's really beautiful Mm -hmm. that you're kind of facing that right now, because at the end of the day, like everyone wants to have coffee with you.
2: Yeah, (laughs) exactly. People are literally
0: waiting in line at the coffee shop to have coffee with you. Exactly. (laughs)
1: No, but really, like, you. but it's true. People ask me all the time. They're like, can
0: you hook me up, please?
1: Yeah. Um, But we all have those, right? Those those self-limiting beliefs and and those stories that kept us safe. And I think it's really interesting to go back in time. And that's the benefit of therapy, I think, or these contemplative practices to really kind of go digging and like, what is the story that I keep telling myself and to slowly chip away at it to try to take its power away, because it is a point in our lives in the second half of our lives, no longer useful, you know? Right, exactly. But I think
0: I think what you're saying also, and I know that in my case, it can be similar is like if a feeling that you have taps into any kind of childhood trauma or lasting impression, when you tap into that feeling, you don't know how to get yourself out, it becomes like a whirlwind. And so I think what you're saying is, I think it's really brave that you're sharing it. And I guarantee that so many people have the same thing going on in their head, maybe in a different version. So Yeah, I think I can certainly disprove that that is not the case. And I'm sure your life is changing by changing that one belief. Have you had moments of of complete uh,
3: change in how you deal with people?
0: Or like the response that
3: you're getting? I think that just, I don't know. uh, Yeah, I think I'm definitely more open around people now Mm. than I was like a couple years ago. Less guarded, less afraid. I still have very bad moments where... I fall apart and feel like I'm disappointing everyone and fear abandonment, right? Like those are very real, very intense feelings i feel less alone these days than i think that i than i have in the past
0: wow that's amazing that's, that's explain it. does anyone else have anything they want to throw into this topic i was going to say I something
2: do. completely ridiculous yeah. but go for it yes. <laughs> i was gonna say do you yes, know definitely. who seems to have this figured out is pete davidson from saturday night live like that kid must have all the confidence <laughs> in the world like he just asks out any random beautiful woman and they're all dating him like where <laughs> does he get? Where does this boy from Staten Island get all that gumption to feel like he could just ask out all like is he not just dating Kim Kardashian now like this has nothing to do with anything except for but he' never met someone with so much confidence but in my he's got a story in his
0: head that I would like to I'd like to get into that story. But he has the same
1: issue. Like I've, I've heard him talk very publicly about all of his anxiety, his social anxiety, especially like, I think he's a very delicate and frail and like afraid person, but at the same time is very magnetic because I think he's very honest about it. So I think that that's what kind of gets his, you know, that's what women find very appealing about him is his openness and his honesty about all of it.
3: That's right. That's right.
1: Yeah. Because dude's not good looking.
3: Yeah, he's not. But like there's obviously something there, especially in person, right? Like there must be some kind of real sort of animal almost attraction if you're around him in person. Yeah. You know, it reminds me of like the biggest rule in improv is like confidence with whatever it is, like getting up on stage and just being confident, even if you feel not confident, and being open to whatever's around you allows for things to unfold in in a way that it can feel magical. And it's really about listening to other people and connecting with them and being, open to whatever is happening at that moment, as well as allowing yourself to be vulnerable, which is a very hard thing for most people, like including mm-hmm. myself. It's so hard to um, reveal yourself, but the, the rewards are, are really
0: spectacular.
3: Agreed. I love that you
0: brought up magic because that was one of the things I wanted to talk about. The magic of creativity, that reason that we're all drawn to be creative in the first place. And I wanted to know, can we have a moment to share? When was the last time you felt that magic? Have you ever tried to define it or is it just something you feel and you just know? And h- how can we make it last longer? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Why well, can't we bottle don't...
2: it? Yeah. yeah and like and a is it a like, sip of
0: it? is it like when you're like so in the flow that you hit that thing Is it when all the judges fall away and you're just like in the in the moment? Like how when when was the last time and and how would you describe what got you there?
2: Hmm, I can actually say that not in an artistic way, but in a human connection way. I definitely felt it last night. I've switched jobs from my stay-at-home eight-hour day in a chair job and gone back into the world of waitressing. I have been really craving human connection, and last night I had it in spades with so many different tables, and I know that it's hard to explain Sue, it's what you're meant to be doing.
0: It's 100% like, what you're meant to be doing. Like you are just a rock star and you thrive in that moving around and like meeting all these people, like people love you. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. But I, I love couldn't people, wait for you, and I've missed I it so much. And I've been so glad to have it back. And I mean, we all like I have my father who is in my life one of the most magic people because of his connection with other humans and mm-hmm. I've watched it growing up in my whole entire life you and you have that. around you it have again that. and to be able to like push past this fear of COVID I think everyone has really alienated themselves from other people recently mm-hmm. and so I think it's important and I think it's really special to have those moments of magic in conversation with people. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I had so many yesterday and I feel just really grateful today for it. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. So great. Emily,
1: do you have I do. Yeah, I felt some ma- like I had a hard time with magic, I have to say, because I was like, I was a really staunch believer in magic. And then I felt like betrayed by magic because I feel like for a while the magic kind of disappeared and I was a little bit bitter and sad about it. And now I feel like it's slowly coming back and it's not in the same capacity that it was before, but I do feel these moments of levity or these moments of it's, it's almost like nothingness, right? It's this flow that you're not in control and everything is happening around you and it's beautiful. And I woke up on Saturday morning after hosting a fire kind of in, in memory of my dad. Um, but it was really just an excuse to be around people and to gather around fire, which I think is magical in and of itself. And I woke up in the morning and I was just, I don't know, I was light and I was free and I was freed from the noise that's inside my head. And that mm-hmm. to me was magic. And I, I, mm. I can't bottle it. I can't just be so thankful for it to be back and to that's know great. that it will be there. Yeah, it was really much needed. Just kind of like a secret wink, you know, that it's it's still there <sighs> and it's still possible because I was getting a little bit cynical, I have to say, with with everything that's going on in the world. It's, you know, it's like, how can there be magic when there's, you know, a boat with 350 people escaping the coast of Libya where, you know, 15 people die you know like how do you hold the space for magic when there is just so much atrocity and grief in the world right of all of the people that we've lost and that's just a really difficult thing for me to contend and then all of a sudden you see a bird fly and it's all suspended and you realize that the magic is is there always in the little micro moments
3: yeah Emmeline, you're reminding me of when i things went bad with my stepfather and then i came back from from that and i when like we were living in that one room apartment and i everything just felt like nothing like nothing i had no feelings Mm. and and that was more terrifying than feeling sadness or it was just sort of this total apathy and sort of an existential crisis where i was like well what is the point of anything and that was a really scary feeling for me. I think I've always felt a sense of purpose. And then to have mm-hmm. this sense of nothing reminded me of like the never ending story, like the nothing coming like it's Yeah. And then I had these music tickets to a concert and we uh, and I didn't know her very well at the time, Maggie Rogers. Right. I, I talked about this going to New York with you guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just like she came out on stage. I thought it was going to be a very slow sort of like peaceful concert. She came out in that zebra jumpsuit and she was rocking. She's young and youthful and like her voice was incredible. And I just started bawling. And I was like, just overjoyed. And that feeling of, I feel like indebted to her for the rest of my life, where I was able to access those feelings again and kind of get a sense of that magic that can kind of drive us forward. Right. Wow. Um, And so Emily and I, I really do. The grief is a really overwhelming, all sort of full body experience that can leave us, very unmoored and it's not tangible it's not like oh i'm feeling sad right now right like it's it's kind of the whole world is sort of clouded by this experience and um uh, i'm i'm really sad that i missed your bonfire cuz i would have loved to have given you a big hug but i'm really happy as well that you were able to walk away from it feeling better oh uh,
1: yeah it was it, and it's yeah. i think you're right like it's just yeah and grief can be like another episode but I I do feel that in grief is not just in the loss of a person right but that there's this collective grief over what has happened and collective grief over what's happening to our planet and grief you know like it's always there and I think that a lot of the feelings that we have that we can't always name I think that those feelings are grief you know and yeah the counter the counter emotion to grief is love right and that what Mm -hmm. is it that we love And that when we focus on what it is that we love, I think that we can access that magic a little bit more easily, you know, but it's, it's really difficult to shift from grief to love, you know, it's not an easy jump to make.
3: Yeah, I did have two specific examples about magic. One was the last wedding I photographed the bride, she there was like this light in the room, and I asked her to recline in it. And it just kind of hit her in this particular way. And there's this, these moments that I have sometimes when I'm working where I'm like, this is like a really beautiful thing. And I cannot wait to get this image like at home. I always know it's it's just going to be incredible. And it was. And then that I did like a little dance after I'd taken that photograph. Like we were all laughing because because it was just so silly, like the the like light. And then I, was, I took the picture and I started dancing in the room and like the mother of the bride and the bride started laughing because it was just like this really exciting moment so that for sure is how it shows up for me and it's in passing and then the other moment I had recently was Friday I'd agreed to do this show at the New Montreal Improv and I was doing it with two people I've done shows with before and I really did not want to make a big deal out of it I just want to get more shows under my belt I didn't invite anybody to go and then my teacher my former teacher showed up he's like surprise I'm in your group tonight and I I kind of like had this moment of shock where he's a very good improv player and I suddenly felt like incredibly nervous to get up on stage with him specifically and was so worried because so far my shows have not been great and then we got up on stage and I ended up doing a scene with him specifically where he did a reverse striptease where he got more and more attractive the more clothes he pretended to put on. (laughs) Anyway, it turned out to be a very, very, very funny scene. And uh, I felt so like good about it. And in that scene, everything unfolded naturally. Like there was no thinking about it too hard or trying too hard. It was just super funny. Those are two specific moments that felt like I didn't have to think too hard about anything. And was really enjoying myself in the moment. And I think those, they can be very fleeting. I often think they're just very fleeting moments, but they, you can get a lot and survive off of those moments later from them.
2: So true. Mm -hmm. They can live on in your head for a long time and it's so nice to go back and visit. (laughs) Yes,
0: exactly. Exactly. For me lately, it was painting and really like getting my feelings out with color on the canvas It just felt really good. Like something took over me and it just felt really good. It wasn't comfortable. It wasn't pleasant. I felt connected to something outside myself. And that was a really cool moment. It all comes down to connection, I guess. That's what everyone seems to be saying. It's like a connection and an awareness and...
1: And I think what Annabelle said, that there's like an effortlessness, right? That yeah. it is, it yes. is something that is not, you're not pushing, you're not struggling, you're not in your head, you're not overthinking things, you're usually in your body, right? Yeah. And you're, yes. Not, yes. Good point. Yeah. You're in your body. Sometimes you're interacting with something. So either that's a person or a, like canvas or color or music, you know, like it's something that you have, it's an experience that you have where there is like a receiver and an emitter you know and Mm. yeah there's like a spark of magic that happens and it's totally out of our control yeah I don't think we can bottle it and you can try to recreate it and you will fail you know because you'll do the same thing in the same scenario with the same (laughs) intention and it really doesn't happen I think the only thing that you can do to try to recreate it the more is to just do more of the things that you love right
0: exactly like just keep putting yourself in the space of being able to access it, whether it's going for a walk or painting or getting on stage or the stage of the restaurant, which I believe is a stage of itself. Yeah, like you just keep putting yourself in a situation where you can access that dance of alchemy.
1: I yeah, did that. Right. Yeah, I picked up a rug hooking kit, and I sat there one morning, and the baby slept for some reason, and I just I rug hooked, and I had <laughs> never done it in my life, and it was just so much fun, you know. And I, that was a little moment of magic too, you know. It was just me interacting yep. with the yarn and my hands, and losing myself in the pleasure of handiwork, and it was just yeah, it was just so beautiful.
2: I love that, Emmeline. I used to rug hook with my mom as a kid, and it's really? so fun it's so fun yeah
1: I'll send you a picture it was just really fun and I'm like so of course in my head I'm like oh my god rug cooking is my new (laughs) thing I'm gonna build a rug cooking empire oh my you know and I have all the plans oh I'm gonna need to order this and I'm like buying all kinds and it like that is not the magic right the magic was me just picking up this thing and feeling the yarn and putting it through the monk's cloth and just playing with color that was the magic in itself and I you know you intellectualize it and like how can I do this again you know but it's in that. Oh my moment. god! I
2: think you should like draw one of your paintings on the on the canvas mm-hmm. part, and then mm-hmm. like hook it with all the colors because your colors and your Ooh, paintings, that and you so can make cool. it a rug hook painting.
1: Rug hook! I'm telling you, rug hooking—it's my new thing.
2: I love that. <laughs> I don't know what
3: that is. I'm going to have to look that up. I've never
1: heard of it before. Oh, yeah. Do a quick search of modern rug hooking on Instagram. I think one of the women, there's a woman named Rose something that does him. And Book Who, the woman from Toronto, Aruna, who was friends with uh, Karen from the workshop, she does a lot of modern Mm -hmm. rug hooking and wrote a punch needle book that's been really helpful in, like, I think modernizing that kind of, like, old school 80s craft
2: I'm very excited because I've connected with someone here who puts on a charity event big spectacle like every year and he used to do it in Vancouver and now he's moved to Nanaimo so we're doing it here in Nanaimo so it's a charity event I'm getting involved with and I'm going to be making chandelier dresses so I've been trying to find old chandeliers and turn them into dresses because we're the theme of the event is going to be big top like circus theme so for some of the hosts I'm going to make them chandelier dresses and I'm so excited oh that's That's so exciting so cool and I'm gonna probably go as a two-headed. I don't know. I'm gonna come up with like some kind of crazy circus costume. That's gonna be so fun. That's amazing. That's awesome. I love. Please that to send them. photos. We will yeah. for sure. It's gonna be in September, so maybe one of you will want to come for a vacation. Maybe. Ooh. Maybe. I wanted to
0: do a creativity check-in.
1: You go first, Angelique.
0: So I'm continuing to paint and really enjoying that, and just getting my emotions out on the canvas. That feels really good. Sometimes it's very happy, innocent rainbows and hearts. And sometimes it's frustration and anger or anxiety. It really depends on what's going on, but I'm just really having fun with that. I had some people who wrote to me and said they wanted to play with me. So I had three people at my house and I created a space for people to play. And it went really well. And I was really blown away That's by awesome. their bravery and like how good they were. <laughs> And it was just really fun. And in my head, I was like, I have never been to painting school. I am not a painter. I am, this is not what I do, but people have asked to play with me. And so I did it. But I have to say, the day before, I was absolutely terrified mm-hmm. and almost canceled. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Check, and, check, check. Uh, yep. and then I just went with it. And I said, you know what? It's not like you're selling yourself as Picasso, it's about creating the space to play. And when I did that and reminded myself and, you know, I was nervous. And when I was talking at the beginning, I was a little bit out of breath, all of those things. And Mm -hmm. it was imperfect, but you know what? It was outstanding. And they all left saying this was such a great idea. And they had some feedback and overall, like it was really cool. And we connected and I gave them little exercises to do the five days leading up to the experience. And I thought they'd get there and say, Oh, I didn't have time or whatever. And they had all done the exercises and all had things to say about the exercises. And it was, it was really nice. Like it really blew me away and and they were really into it and it went really well. So I was really glad that I faced that fear and I want to do it again.
1: Oh, that's awesome.
0: So that was really fun. And then in terms of the podcast, people are saying, yes, that's really exciting. And it's been really wonderful connecting with people who I've been admiring from afar for years and years and years. Yeah, for me, it's magical and it also has to do with the other topic I wanted to talk about, which is patience and really like sometimes it takes eight years to get the interview. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh Yeah. and but I but I'm getting it. So that feels really exciting and it's Yay. just so much fun. So that's where I'm at is yeah, art classes. and patience
1: i'm clapping for you that's so exciting
2: (laughs) amazing Angela. who's
3: next i think with the eight years thing that you're just talking about like waiting eight years for for sure this year has been like a wild ride for me i am so grateful but i'm so busy and i'm verging on kind of a burnout and I'm trying my best not to, but like it has been an experience where, you know, I'm almost sold out for next year and like opened up last two thousand. You're opening twenty
0: twenty-three. This is crazy. This is fantastic. And yeah. I had like a
3: like a wait list and like two people booked. And I you know what I mean? Like it's just been I have two calls tonight for it's every there's just so so much going on that it's like a new kind of challenge where Instead of me being desperate for for work, it's now the opposite where I'm like, how do I manage this huge wave of interest where people are like, when are you free? That's when I'm going to get married. Like, I'm getting so that. Loud.
0: Wow. That's oh, so I cool. hope you're
1: basking in that, Annabelle. I hope like you're letting that sink in because that's so beautiful.
0: So well deserved. Yeah. I'm for you. Yeah. That's really. amazing. Do you schedule yeah. breaks for yourself? I don't.
2: <laughs> there within <laughs> lies the problem. <laughs>
3: yeah. Right. I don't. I mean, I'm really struggling with, with that. I'm like hoping that January to, to March will be. A little bit quiet so that I can, like, I'm so behind on so many things, which really leaves my sort of OCD brain unhappy, which is something I found out I have. So that's really cool that I at least know what's going on there in that sense. The improv side is that, like, I've started doing shows, which is terrifying and exhilarating, as I've explained. Creative wise, it's like you said, Angelique, it's plugging away at something for ever. And just continuing and continuing and continuing. And then all of a sudden, it's like a deluge of unexpected
0: interest. Yeah, that's where I'm at. That's incredible. I feel like patience is one of the things that, you know, they say the whole thing about success or luck. I think it's luck is opportunity meets preparation. But I think patience needs to be added into an equation because I think sometimes it can look like oh, like you just got lucky. I'm not saying you, Annabelle, I'm saying like, it can look like someone just got lucky, but Mm -hmm. it's like that old adage that there is no such thing as overnight success. Like it's really is like you said, plugging away at something for a really long time. And then all of a sudden there's like a waterfall or like a break of water, but it wouldn't have happened if you had given up. And that's right. So I just want to add that in that for me, patience has been a huge, huge realization that it takes a long time. I think some people, maybe it happens faster, but it's so important. Yeah, I guess
3: each person has their own path, right? But like for me, mine is the long game. It's always been, Mm. the reward is the long game. And in fact, the reward is actually every day plugging away and not actually what comes as the reward of that. It's more, as we were talking at the start of this, just actually what is the fulfilling part of the work that you're doing? It's definitely the work part for me that is the fulfilling part. I it's so funny week.
0: though. Like, it just makes me think of when I was like 25 and I was like, oh my God, I haven't succeeded yet. I guess I never will.
1: Mm. And <laughs> <Right>. I,
3: I, <laughs> so that, like,
0: part of like my, you know, the the crisis that I hit when I was 25 was that realization that like, uh, no, it takes more than being a year out of school, honey. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. it takes a lifetime. <laughs> and yet we're, we're told that like, if you don't get there by 30, like you're never going to get there or the there can't change, right? Like if you don't get to that specific place by a certain time, like you have failed instead of this idea, well, like why can't your whole life be dedicated to the pursuit of many, many different things? And we always end up on this topic, but I just think it's so valid to like remind well, we're ourselves. Just not,
3: we're not seeing those stories, right? Like that's, that's the problem. It's like, it's the 40 under forties, the 30 under 30, Yeah. the... It's this sort of youth obsessed culture that we live in. So we, yeah, we we're not we're starting to see a trickle of stories of like women who are successful in, later in life and have found their paths. And like success looks different at different times of your life. Like what I thought would be success at twenty is certainly not where I am now. I just think that we're not hearing those stories enough, and I think it's important that we.
1: We, we share. Do. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. I, I heard the story that the creator of Squid Games, like whoever, I don't know what his name is, uh, but the guy who created Squid Games shopped Squid Games around for 10 years uh, wow, before right. actually getting it signed. Uh, and it took 10 years, right? for it to be this global phenomenon, right? And and if he had, you know, taken an offer five years ago, would it have been this epic thing, right? Probably not. Right. You know, that it yeah. it each thing has its own course of time that we're not necessarily in control of. And I think I vote for we should have more lists like 50 over 50, you know, like the people Mm -hmm. that are actually, you know, like late in the game and starting over and and what that looks like and and sharing those stories, because I think it's yeah, it is really important to know that.
0: But I also think I I don't like the idea that success is related to a number Mm -hmm. of, let's say, income or how far you get. I don't know, in terms of different, but just the markers of success are all off. I think, I think personal success, like that thing that makes you feel good inside is so much more important than how it looks on the outside. And I don't think that's celebrated enough because maybe it's not as catchy to say like the successful thing that feels good on the inside instead of outside or, or marking success for yourself. I think I'd like to kind of like broaden what success looks like. Well, for sure, because yeah. there's
1: nothing to sell there, right? Like, there's no yeah, there's no like there's, there's no headline. Yeah, exactly.
0: Woman faced fear of painting. It's not yeah. like <laughs> it's woman not hot like bath the stuff in
2: dark, dark room, room. You know,
0: <laughs> woman living <laughs>
2: living a total mediocre life, but super yeah, exactly. happy.
0: Yeah, exactly.
3: <laughs> woman had an ice cream in the winter. Felt great. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh my god that's awesome
1: (laughs) I love it
0: any other um, creativity check-ins Emily and I don't think I don't know where you're at maybe maybe you're just at where are you at
1: yeah I'm at what am I at I'm at well I'm rug hooking rug hooking which is amazing amazing. which is amazing I'm spending a lot of time like thinking about my flower garden for next year yes. so that's like it's it's a it's just a hobby but it brings me so much joy and i'm just kind of nerding out on all of the different flowers that i want to plant and so i make spreadsheets and i think about all the bouquets that i'd like to make and and so i'm really spending a lot of time in that world and speaking of patience like that world like the everything that has to do with like growing things like growing food or growing flowers like happens on a year scale so There needs to be so much patience because you grow something from seed and you plant it outside and you have no control over the elements at all. Yep. Mm
2: -hmm. And then
1: you never know what's going to happen. And then you have to wait an entire other year before you can try it out. So you you literally, it's a long game because you have the constraints of our environment plant to flower more than once a year if it's only designed to flower once a year you know and I'm learning the patience that way that I'm I'm studying outside and it's an incredible teacher it's so frustrating and it's not part of my wheelhouse but I feel like I'm learning a lot from it because I'm such an instant gratification like I just I want like color right now I want pattern right now you know and this is the opposite of that so I feel like it is it's rounding me out I feel grateful for it. And so we have bread cooking and flowers. And I take a creativity class once a week with this woman named Tammy Salas. It's called Ray of Light. And it's a community-based program. And right now we're learning about Sister Corita Kent and Faith and the color yellow. And so that I'm playing in that world of creativity. So I have someone else giving me prompts because I don't have the capacity to come up with anything on my own. So I feel like for where the baby is at and for where my life is at, things will brew and things will pop up in the future. That sounds so exciting.
2: I'm like envisioning your rug work on my walls now. Um, Can we (laughs) 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 I'm like, which wall? When? How can I get it? Hurry up. (laughs) No pressure. (laughs) What about you, Susie Q? Do you have anything to add for your creativity check-in? Yes, I'm excited at the thought of a newsletter because I do have a lot to say in terms of Fashion, the world's where we're at. And so I think it's going to be a good outlet for me and a place to put the photos. So excited for that. And honestly, my main goal coming and moving here was to create a connection in the town and try to participate and help in some way in terms of addiction, recovery, and mental health and trauma. So I've made large steps for that. And the two charities we're working towards are Youth with Different Abilities here in Nanaimo and HIV, AIDS, Vancouver Island, which are the two charities that we're going to be working with, which both indirectly and directly deal with mental health and trauma and addiction. So I'm really looking forward to fundraising for that and getting out there and learning as much as I can about the resources that people can have in the city. Do you want to give the names so that people can donate if they would like to? I will closer to the date. It's going to be called Shine Nanaimo or Shine Vancouver Island. We already have the conference center. It's going to be in September. So we're a little bit off. Um, I'm sort of helping someone, my friend Dean, who is really successful at the he used to put on a show in Vancouver called Brilliant and raised millions of dollars for the St. Paul's Hospital there. So it's exciting because we've already reached out to many people. Like we have Evan Bedell, Project Runway Canada winner, and I have some drag kings and queens coming from Montreal, actually. So it's going to be really oh, great wow. events. And when it gets closer wow. to the time, I will let everyone know the date or how you can donate. And it's going to be exciting. Sue! Awesome. Sue! This is amazing! Yeah it's really fun. I mean, you know, when you move into a small town, people tell you that there's not going to be as much and there is definitely different. It's different here. It's not the same as obviously living in the big city of Montreal. But like creatively, if you put yourself out there and you're going to find them and you're going to figure it out for yourself, you've really got to go into the worlds. And I've been lucky to find some really fun and creative people to work with and I mean obviously not as great as you three girls but like really great (laughs) oh
3: nobody's as great as us
0: yeah oh my god I'm so so excited for you Sue. (laughs) This, this is incredible Sue I'm so happy it sounds like you found your wings
2: yeah it's really um I'm very inspired so I think transitioning from a full time job, which took up so much of my time to making the same amount of money in a four hour period and leaving my days open to work on some photography things, to work on some design things, to work on my newsletter and to like be part of this community is the best choice I made for myself.
0: Yeah, well, we're That's cheering awesome. you. That's, That's amazing. amazing. Wow, everyone sounds like they're really just like flying. It's so good.
2: I don't know. know how
3: much I feel like I'm flying these days. I feel like I'm just really <laughs> surviving
2: right now. Annabelle, but, you're you know, skydiving. Let's be honest. You are <laughs> you are you took that leap and you are sailing and it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're like bogged down with lots of work right now, but it's so good.
3: Next time, refilling the cup and
1: maybe grease. Yeah, maybe
3: I'll have some insight on that one because I don't know. I don't know how to do that just yet. So you have yeah. to take it's a break.
0: Hard. So. It's, it's, it's <laughs> That's hard. It's it hard because you don't want to lose an opportunity. But yeah, mm-hmm. take a break if you can. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, ladies, so much for sharing <laughs> you, and being so open. This was so love fun. you guys love you, so much. Guys. I miss you. So good.
3: Miss you all. So yeah, miss you, you
0: all. That was a great chat. Um, I often question whether or not creativity is important. And I think I write about it and talk about it so much because it just feels so good. And it makes me feel alive, especially during a time when we are in our homes and isolated and it's the thing that saves me. And as I hear, all of these women, these amazing friends of mine, talk about what it feels like, it just reminds me that it absolutely is important. It's worth facing a bravery hangover and a shame spiral. And it's worth feeling foolish and uncertain and falling flat on our face. Because when it works, it feels amazing.